We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? And welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Cody and Derek here. Guys, we are four weeks into the season. The Indianapolis Colts currently have a 1-2-1 and one record. And, you know, we just wanted to talk about this video because, Derek, it's been well documented about this team. Like, you've talked a lot about, you know, the coaches, the players, you know, what needs to happen. I want to just stop and, and focus right now just overall in the feel of this team, because I don't know about you, man, but like this team has been here in the past, right? Like, you know, you talk about the 2018 season, the team was one in five at one point, you know, one in three through four games. You know, you talk about, for example, you know, a couple of years ago, um, the team, you know, started out poorly as well, but this year for whatever reason, man, I just feel like this team, the, the feeling is different around them. Right, the feeling around this coaching staff, the feeling around this GM, the feeling around these players, like a lot of these things seem a lot different. And I think the big reason why that is, as I'm kind of we're gonna kind of dive in and have a conversation about this, is because it feels like this team, this is kind of their last chance with this regime. Because we've all heard the motto, all chips in, right? The Colts have, you know, made some moves that would signify that they're ready to win now. You know, the signing of Stephon Gilmore, the trading for Yannick Ngakwe, the, the trade for Matt Ryan. But the Colts have made some moves that indicate they feel like they can compete now. And obviously it's only four weeks into the season, but this team right now does not feel like a team that's ready to compete with the elite of the elite. Heck, they can't even beat the bottom tier, right? They can't even beat you know teams like Houston. They can't even beat... Tennessee, you know, they can't even win in their own division. So how in the world are they going to hope to compete with the Kansas cities and the Buffaloes? And it just feels like this is a team that prides itself so much, man, on the locker room. You know, you talk about all about that and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this feels like the first time I've seen in the, in the Reich and Ballard era where players are coming out and calling out their team. I haven't, I haven't seen that. That's been kind of unheard of so far through this regime. And it just feels like those are different. Like there's players like Naheem Hines. There's players like Julian Blackman coming out and calling out players and coaches. What are your thoughts on this team and just kind of the feel this year? 
Well, I definitely would go off first off by saying, you know, a lot of the Colts fan base that has, you know, taken this. And I first want to say this for all of the Colts nation that watches this video. We're not trouncing on the way people react to this stuff. I I've talked with a lot of people who are trying to stay positive through all of this and I get it. It's fine. You feel that way if you want to. That's fine. That's how you handled this. That's fine. I'm not going to tell you one way or the other. Um, and people who are insanely pissed off, just like you and I are, I mean, I get it. You know, I mean, you and I don't go to the extremes that some of these other fans do. Uh, thankfully, we just critique and then we move on. We're, that's part of our job. That's what we do as content creators. And at the end of the day, people are trying to signify that the Colts have been here in this position before. Why is it that, you know, you're, you're so worried about it? Like, that's the point is the fact that we've been here before. And it's not the fact that we've just been here before. This has become a current trend. This has been a common thing for this coaching staff. And the fact that every single year we start off the season slow and when Ballard and the front office do their job at trying to bring in new players, right? They bring in Stephon Gilmore, Matt Ryan, Yannick Ngakwe, players like that, right? And you signify that you have basically improved this roster a little bit, but yet you continue to have the same result year in and year out. That is a signified situation where you know this team is struggling because of coaching, because it keeps happening. It's this different year, same result. No matter what the what Ballard in the front office does, they just can't get out of this rut. And that's why people like you and I are frustrated because we want to see this team start to win games effectively. And it's just not working. Now, on top of what you were saying about this situation feeling different, so this came out like earlier today and uh, you and I t texted about it and even the NFL rumors page is now picking this up because this was something that apparently Peter King mentioned that Colts owner Jim Ursay has grown impatient with Chris Ballard and Frank Reich stating both are on the hot seat and that something could happen if there's not a major turnaround with the team soon. So, you know, Obviously, we're wondering if that's true or not, but you and I could probably imagine that that's probably true, right? Like, I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to imagine that Jim Ursay is probably insanely unhappy with ba what Ballard and Reich are doing right now with this regime. Mm -hmm. um, and that's one of the things, right, where it doesn't feel the same. This team has started off slow before, but the fact is, is that we this team got talked up so much over the offseason about how this team could be a dark horse to have some really good play and to be able to beat some really good teams. And so far through the first part of the season, you've lost to three teams that you that you should have won against and you haven't. And that's the problem that we're facing right now is, and like you stated, Isaiah Rogers, Julian Blackman, Hines, those guys going to the media or to Twitter 
and calling people out. You even have Zaire Franklin on that side of the ball too, calling fans out for being angry with what this team was doing, right? I mean, players are getting defensive. Players are getting defensive of what's going on because they feel like their backs are against the wall for something that isn't their fault. Now, it is their fault to a degree because, you know, you're the players. You're the ones that are supposed to be fixing this. But, yeah, you had after week two, you had Julian Blackman saying that Gus Bradley's not doing a good job. Uh, You have Naheem Hines coming out after this week that, you know, that – the offense is the problem and that we continue to have a new quarterback every year. And that's why it's saying not as an excuse. Anytime you have to say not as an excuse, it's an excuse. doesn't matter saying that, you know, we can't, we have to always restart every year. It's always restarting with this team. So calling out the GM and the head coach for saying we continue to have this happen every year because we have to readjust to how we do things. And this team just continues to look like it doesn't start well and a lot of different things go on. And it it is that part of it where if like if we were starting it all over or if we had a franchise quarterback right now, then I would say, yeah, you're probably going to start off slow because franchise quarterback, you know, here, uh, it's a franchise guy. He could struggle. You know, that's how it is sometimes. It's how it is. But you have a guy in this league who's been a quarterback for 15 years. He's a veteran in this league. He's an MVP. And you have, and you're signing these guys to these offensive line contracts. And, you know, you're, and you're, your offensive line in general right now is terrible. You're, you're, and it's like, how did it get so bad? Like they've given up half the total of sacks already this year as they did all of last season. They had 32 sacks given up last year. They have 15 already and it doesn't look like it's going to get any better. So, and then on top of it, yeah, I've never seen this team call out coaches the way that they have or the way things are being done. Like that doesn't, that's not very Colts-esque to me. You know, those guys normally, they, if something's not going right, then they normally adopt into the system or they shut up about it and they just move on. But right now, I mean, people are getting defensive, man. They're, they're breaking character. This isn't normal for the Indianapolis Colts players to be going at people like this. And not only at coaches, but they're going at fans. They're going at reporters. Like this is, this is a real thing we're seeing right now where it feels like the locker room has been lost in a oh, way. There's no and question. The locker room bad. is gone. There, It's gone, man. I have no question that the locker room is gone. Cause how, you know, just put yourself in the player's shoes for a minute. You know, like for, for example, Naheem Hines, right? Where you get told, yeah, you know, we're going to use you a lot. And then you just don't get used at all. You see teams like Tennessee who consistently have the same quarterback time and time again, you know, winning games against you, right? You haven't won against Tennessee at home since 2018, Derek. It's been bad. And, you know, just seeing all these excuses and just saying, we'll figure it out next week. And you hear all these cliches at some point, it's going to get tiring because this is the same situation that's happened over and over again. And so, yeah, I mean, in years past when the Colts have been bad record wise, at least the players aren't doing this. Like this is not something that's typical, right? 
you know, they'll say, we'll figure it out. You know, very boring-esque. That's kind of how the Colts have been, you know, when their backs have been against the wall. And they typically have figured it out for the most part, you know, when they are down. So, but this year it doesn't feel like that's happening. You know, it feels like a lot more guys are a lot more vocal this year. And a lot more guys are sick and tired of being sick and tired, you know. And so the big thing for me, though, Derek, there's a couple points here. The first thing is, I think with this regime, you're right. You've tied up so much money, right? But, you know, we all know Ballard's MO, right? You draft guys, you pay them. Well, the guys that you've drafted and paid outside of maybe like Ryan Kelly and DeForest Buckner, but, you know, DeForest Buckner essentially was a draft pick. A lot of these guys that are earning this top dollar are not earning their pay right now. They just aren't. And what does that say to a locker room when you're paying these guys and they're not performing? You know, you can say all you want. We're not going to pay B players A-plus money, which I totally agree with. But if your A players are performing like C players, what's the difference? You know, it's the same situation, so you're losing the locker room either way. That's kind of how I am viewing it. It's like the core things that the Colts have built this team on are failing, and that's why it feels like it's different, right? At least in, you know, 2018. Obviously, you had, you know, you started off slow. You had a franchise quarterback. Your offensive line was playing well, right? You lost a lot of tightly contested games, but we still were positive because we had the core things right, the things we wanted to build our team on. We had them right. right. Even a couple seasons ago, right, when the Colts started off slow, we believed that they would turn things around because we thought, okay, they still have these things that they believe in. They're still really good at running the football. They still can protect the quarterback, right? They can do these things that they have put their time and resources in, very much a lot of time and resources in, and, and financially a lot into this. And now to have those core principles hurting you, to me, it's like the model has failed. The model has failed. What you have built and what you have preached for years, what you have told fans to be patient, we'll figure it out. You have not figured it out. And the things that are supposed to be your strengths are now turning into weak. You know, this and is something that you thought that fans thought is actually the yeah. strengths of this team right now. Yeah. And you know what, Derek? This is something I noticed just the other day. I haven't even said it on the podcast yet. You ever noticed the players who come in early to the Colts? They typically perform pretty well, right? Some of those players that you know are, were pretty good with other teams, like the DeForest Buckners or the Julian Blackman had a great rookie season, right? But a lot of these players are underperforming now under this coaching staff. Did you know? Have you ever noticed that? Yeah, like a hundred percent. These guys and, are all doing that you know as what, they've got into the system further. They're well, they're really regressing. And it what scared me yesterday um, or Sunday, for that matter. Uh, what scared me the most is the fact that uh, Shaquille Leonard did not look right. Uh, he did not look right in that game, uh, even before the injury. Uh, he looked very hobbled, like he did not look very fast. Uh, and then obviously, he now has a broken nose and a concussion because of Zaire Franklin's hit. Unfor- that's unfortunately sometimes that happens in the NFL. But in the process of it, I rewatched that film, man. He did not look like the Shaquille Leonard we drafted. He didn't look fast. He didn't look like he knew where he was going. You know, it didn't look the same. And you're right. Like some of the guys you brought in, you know, you, you and over the past few years and even this offseason, you know, a couple of them have picked it up. A few people haven't. 
And you're right. Like DeForest Buckner is not living up to his money right now. Uh, we haven't really gotten anybody else to really tap into things. I think the ultimate thing that really is concerning is, you know, Ursay in the offseason, early in the offseason, said it's all chips in, right? Like the things change from this point forward. It's over. The, the way we were doing things is done. It is different. We are going to bring it all in. This is it. This is our time. And sure enough, we're five weeks into the season. Maybe could go one, three, and one uh, this week. And everyone's just like, oh, great. Same old, same old. Like yep. nothing's changed. So yep. that's what's frustrating about this is the fact that we got this team hyped up over well, the span of the offseason. Everyone did it. Yeah. And well, it started with Ursay. The thing is, though, Ursay gave, he chewed them out. After the after how last year ended in Jacksonville, so you would think the team would have and, and the coach and the GM would have a little bit of of pride, right? That they would want to come out and they would have one of things to be different this year. And they've looked like they just don't care. Like they seriously look like they do not care. I'm talking more about the players and the coaches at this point. You know, mm -hmm. uh, it, it just doesn't look like anything has changed from the end of last season. And you would think out of all the times for your team. To not look good, this would be the time you would not want that to happen. You would want your team to look the best it's ever looked because you know what's at stake. It's just almost baffling. It's like they almost want to be fired. They almost want to go somewhere else. Like I don't mm -hmm. understand it. Like you know, if your boss comes to you and it's just it's fa he's fair, like they said, but he's demanding. You would think you would want to rise to that occasion, but this team has actually fallen worse than where they were at the end of the season. I don't know how it's possible, Derek. And that's just the baffling part about it is like, you know, you got all hyped because you're like, that surely won't happen again, right? You know, Chris Ballard and Frank Reich aren't that inept, right? These players are motivated, right? This is a good locker room, right? None of well, those things have proven think, to be true. You think. You think, right? And that's why we you were think. excited. But it just looks like nobody cares. Nobody wants to hold anybody accountable. And you're right. Like people are just when the blame starts going around, you know you have a locker room issue. And the Colts have a locker room issue. I, I don't. I don't think it's a question of do they. I think it's just like who's the issue now? You know who is the real issue? Because mm -hmm. everybody's pointing fingers to everybody else. Somebody's got to yeah. take the blame. Somebody. Yeah. I. I just. I wish somebody in this locker room would say that. You know. The, and I look for the coaches to do this because the coaches is what's. Uh, the team that's driving it. And I wish some of the coaches would say that, you know, this is, this is on me. We need to fix, I need to fix this. We need to move on, you know, but obviously that's just not going to happen. That's just not how professional sports works anymore. I don't know, man. It, it feels, it feels different to me. Like you said, you know, it just doesn't feel like this team has a direction. You know, if this team had started the year two and two, three and one, you know, then we would be probably feeling a little bit different. And I think the other issue with this is, is that, you know, in years past, bring the years past thing uh, argument up again, but in those years, like you said before, even with Andrew Luck all the way back then, the, the games were close, right? Like Indianapolis had showed some grit. They lost games, but even in Jacksonville, Right. Like even in Jacksonville in 2020, we had a chance to win that game. Right. Philip Rivers looked really good in that game. 
And, you know, it's just one or two things that didn't go our way or one side of the ball didn't look good. And that means, okay, well, if we had fixed that, probably would have won, right? Like, that's what we're, we used to say is like, okay, we see what the problem is here, but we look around and we see some really positive things going on. It's just hard right now to actually pinpoint anything that feels like this team is competitive. That's the problem is we're getting blown out in these games now. Like we're get, losing by double digits to the Texans at halftime. Same with the Jaguars. You get shut out for the third time against that teams in the last five years. And then, you know, you barely beat the Chiefs. And most people don't even want to give you credit for that because they just say that the Chiefs lost that game. Not that the Colts won it. And then this last week, you start the game so goddamn slow. Like every single time, right? Like it's always the same thing. And it feels like this team is just keeps digging themselves into a hole and they're trying to dig their way out of it instead of getting on top of it to begin with. And it's everything. Player execution's not there. The coaching and their inability to adapt to what this team's strengths and weaknesses are Total stupidity. I mean, I saw a play, Cody, it was early in the game, right? I think it was on the second drive for the Indianapolis Colts in that game. You forced Kylan Granson to go and make a pullout block on Jeffrey Simmons on the outside of that line to seal a hole for Jonathan Taylor to run through. How stupid must you be to think that is a good idea? Who in their right minds thinks that sending Kylan Granson, and no offense to Kylan Granson, I love what Granson has done, but Granson is not stopping a six foot three, 285 pound monster that is one of the best defensive linemen in the league. And when your offensive line is also not doing well, to think that that was a smart idea. So again, it comes down to the same things the coach is not coaching properly. Uh, personnel decisions not being well. We've always had an issue, Cody, as well with uh, Frank Reich sometimes with the personnel issues. We've kind of said that in years past. And, you know, sometimes it happens, but usually later in the year, it works itself out, right? Most of the time it does. And I'll just say this. Me personally, for Sunday, I didn't mind the game plan that the Colts had uh, on Sunday. I thought they executed it well with the tight ends but I felt like you could have done a few more things. The problem you see now also is Gus Bradley's issue is we said the first two weeks, Isaiah Rogers getting no snaps. Like who does that? Who thought in their right mind that that was a smart idea. That's also on Reich for not putting Rogers in and taking over and saying, Hey, Rogers should be out there at some point. And then as well, this last week, Nick Cross played one snap over the last two weeks. Listen, I get Nick Cross is not ready. I get that Nick Cross is uh, got a long way to go. But then that's also on Ballard for apparently not picking a great player if, we, if he's not going to play at all. And then secondly, how the hell is this guy supposed to get better if he doesn't play? <laughs> You've already ruined his confidence. You ruined his confidence. You took him from being a starter to getting no snaps in the matter of a month. Yeah. Like, how do you think that kid feels? Now, 
Like, that's got to be so demoralizing. And for what? Like, as if Nick Cross being out there is going to make your team any worse than what it is right now. I get him not playing the majority of the snaps, but get him in there for a couple to get this kid to learn. You can't learn if you don't play, right? So we're seeing personnel issues from a coaching standpoint, and the fact that nobody is taking accountability for that is very alarming. What's going on, everyone? Just wanted to take a quick moment to talk with you about Odds Trader. Odds Trader is a place to compare odds from all major sports books. You can also compare the different sign up codes and promotions from sport books to get the best deal possible. Odds Trader allows you to make bets on almost every major sport. Some of the cool features that I enjoy about Odds Trader is the handicapping options they provide, you get live play by play updates. You get live scores and bet tracking on everything that you're doing on the app, player statistics, key game statistics. You even get projected game day weather reports as well. And the, another great thing about odds traders, you get bet tracker, which allows you to keep records of all your games and betting activities while you're on the site. I mean, how cool is that? If this is something that sounds like and intrigues you, make sure to go to oddstrader.com slash blue wire. Odds Trader, the number one site for all your game day bets. And I also think just talking about the GM really fast, like the fact that Chris Ballard, you know, who has emphasized so much you win on the lines, went out and he let two really good offensive linemen walk for pennies on the dollar. Like yes. not that much money. And and we all saw it and we said, why, you know, why'd you do that? That's really confusing. Um, you know, it's funny. I uh, I actually was uh, reading uh, our friend, our colleague, Zach Hicks's, you know, article he had just about Chris Ballard and kind of his fundamental flaws as a GM. And he compared it to a GM like Brandon Bean of the Buffalo Bills. And I thought this was a really good comparison. So when Buffalo was bad, they were six and 10. Josh Allen was a rookie. Um, he got hit a lot. And what did Brandon Bean do? He went and he alloc- allocated not just a draft pick, but like four or five players on the offensive line. Did they all work out? No, they didn't all work out. But what he did is he saw an issue, he went and fixed it, and he fixed it. He almost overly fixed it, right? And so for the fact that the Colts now are just in favor of letting talented players walk, like the Nico Autrys, you know, like Chris Reed, like Mark Glowinski, like so many other guys that they've let walk in favor of in-house guys, it's catching up to him, Derek. Yeah, it it's is. catching up to him. Now they have an issue at left tackle. They're not even playing Bernard Ryan for some stupid reason. Um, yeah. They have an issue at right guard. Who knows who's even your starting right guard right now? And uh, most and people it, assume your left issues. tackle should go back to that spot. And it's all issues that you could have solved if you would be competent as a GM and see that, oh, offensive line matters, which you've preached and you've talked about. It just doesn't add up. The things that Ballard says and the actions that he takes sometimes, they just don't add up in a lot of ways. And so was, we're kind of getting off on a tangent here, but I just want to no, kind of end it by saying this. No, man. it's good. It, it, he, he took a gamble on the left tackle position, thinking that Pryor could yeah. switch to that area, and it's not working. It's not paying off. So, I mean, it, it is safe to say that in a lot of ways, Ballard failed this offensive line in a lot of ways. Like you said, it, it he took he took in credit that he thought that Pinter and Pryor would be able to adapt. And so far, it's not working. It's not, not working very well. 
And, you know, like we've been talking about it all along. Ryan Kelly doesn't look the same. Brandon Smith doesn't look the same. Quentin Nelson doesn't look the same. And you just sign that man too. So it sucks because, you know, none of your offensive linemen are working out. And, uh, you know, I've been hearing this whole thing about, you know, I've been adamant over the last few days, Cody, talking about the Colts next offseason need to find their franchise quarterback. They have to. It's not a, there, there's no dancing around it anymore. Ballard, for some reason, doesn't want to do it because he's afraid of the risk. I'll say this. I'll just say it right now. If you're afraid of the risk of getting a, a rookie quarterback, then step out the door and let somebody else who is going to come in here and do it actually do it because it right. needs to happen at some point. You can't be afraid of it. You say you're, you're never afraid to take risk with anybody else, but apparently when the quarterback situation is concerned, you, you falter and you don't want to give up and take a big risk to go and get a guy. Instead, you'd rather just sit back and say that if I don't try, I'm not going to make it work. It won't, they can't pin it against me. Just kicking the can down the road. It's like eventually it's going to catch up to you. And you, why would, you know, I get it. Like you, if you don't take the right guy, then you're probably out of the job. But if you don't take anybody, then eventually you're going to be out of the job too. It's just more years of mediocrity as opposed to just ripping the bandaid off and going and getting a guy. So if Chris Ballard's a guy that won't do it, if he's too scared about that, I mean, it can't be any worse, right? Like, mm-hmm. right now. Like, Matt Ryan's looked good, but, but he's old. He's 38 years he's, old. Yeah, he's he not going to be around for very long. No, you need to get your future at quarterback. So I definitely yeah. agree with you. It's time to stop being safe in that department. And you may not get it right. You know, you may not get it right. That's the risk you run. Yeah. Drafting but what? It happens. Not every quarterback that ever gets drafted uh, ends up being a very good in the NFL. But right. yeah, you you have to take that gamble. At the end of the day, man, you just you really just have to you have to take that risk. You know, at some point, this team is searching for the answer. You know, this team needs it. And I mean, obviously, this year you're not going to find that answer, but. I don't care what you need to do something there is over these next, over the next year and a half, there are way too many players coming into the NFL this year, these next two years where you do not invest in a quarterback. You have to invest in one. There are going to be 10 or 12 future NFL quarterbacks in these next two drafts in the first two rounds that are going to be worth taking a chance on. I don't care who it is. I hope that whoever the the talent evaluator is for the Indianapolis Colts that deals with quarterbacks the best gets a hold of one. I don't care if you have to invest three first-round draft picks trading two players, whoever, to go and get that player. You doing that sends a message to the rest of the room that it change is a coming. And that's what you need to do in this day and age in order to make it. Other teams do it all the time, Cody. I don't understand why in this day and age where we talk about these teams trying to buy their teams, like that's unfortunately sometimes what you need to do. I'm not saying abandon the strategy altogether. I want Ballard to still be able to build through the draft or whatever GM we have at the end of this season to build through the draft. But ultimately, you have to be more aggressive in the draft too. If there's a guy on this team that it, or in the draft that is going to drastically change your team's future, sometimes you have to take a chance on that. Sometimes yep. you have to trade away draft picks. 
to go and get the guy, and that's what we need. Yep, and sometimes, man, they'll be Patrick Mahomes. Sometimes they'll be Mitchell Trubisky. You just don't know with some of these guys. You do the best you can to figure it out, but you don't know with some of these quarterbacks until you get them on the football field, right? You just don't know if they have it until then. But at the end of the day, you got to keep trying, man. You got to. Mm -hmm. I mean, my goodness, you look at the Buffalo Bills, right? I mean, how many quarterbacks did they invest in? They tried to find the guy, and for years they didn't find him. But eventually they found their guy that they fell in love with in Josh Allen, right? Mm -hmm. They believed in him, and they they got him. They got their guy. And so, you know, you just have to do that in this day and age. It all revolves around the quarterback, right? You can have the best roster from 1 to 52, but if your 53 player, your quarterback is not one of the elite quarterbacks, like you are not going to have a chance at the Super Bowl more than likely. That's just the reality of today's game. And it almost feels like Chris Ballard is stuck back in the mid-2000s in his mindset and his team-building philosophy. It's a great team-building philosophy if you have a franchise quarterback. But if you don't have a franchise quarterback, like the Colts clearly don't, that's an issue. That's a major mm-hmm. issue. Yes. Very and you're just going to sit there and be seven, eight, nine win team trying to sneak your way into the playoffs every single year with a veteran gold quarterback every single year. That is not how you sustain. He talked all the time about sustain, right? Sustain success. Mm-hmm. Well, you need to do that by building around your franchise guy. Mm-hmm. That's how you do it. Yep. That's how you do it in this day and age. Like, And the sad thing is, you're right. Ballard is a great talent evaluator. He finds guys like Rodney Thomas this year. Found a great pick there in the seventh round. He finds you know just different players in the later rounds. Isaiah Rogers. Right? So many different guys that have contributed to this team. But the issue is, if he's not going to be the guy that's willing to take the chance, then somebody else needs to be because something needs to happen, right? you got to find your your franchise guy, not just for the next two years, but for the next 10 years. Yep. It's, it's not a question anymore. It's about finding the right talent for Chris Ballard, and it's about coaching the talent the right way. And obviously, as it is right now, uh, both ends of the spectrum, it's just not working right now. So, you know, things need to change. I certainly hope that at some point something happens, but, you know, just needs to it needs to be better. It needs yep. to be better. And right now it just feels different than what it has in years past. Yep. All right, well, that'll do it for this episode, guys. Let us know your thoughts overall on this Colts team. Do you agree with Derek and myself? Do you think this Colts team feels different than teams in the past for all the reasons that we listed? Guys, if there's a point that we didn't bring up, be sure to bring it up in the comments. We only ask that you be respectful. I know, crazy to ask a cute YouTube comment section of that, but just mm-hmm. don't go after us, man. We're just giving our opinions on here. Uh, yeah, right. But just let us know your thoughts, even if you disagree with us. You can disagree with us, and we can have a civilized conversation. Let's just do that. So, But thank you guys so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. If you're still listening to this video or watching this video, be sure to give us a good rating. If you're listening to us on iTunes or wherever you're listening, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is, be sure to do that. And if you're listening on YouTube, be sure to give us a like button, subscribe, all that good stuff. Turn on the notification bell so you know when we deliver new, fresh videos. You guys know we bring in the juice all the time with the content. So thank you so much. And as always, go Colts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.